Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Talkin' Titans podcast. I'm Ben Arthur, Titans beat reporter for the Tennessean, along with my column, my colleague, sports columnist Gentry Estes. In this episode, we will discuss uh, the dumpster fire, the mess, whatever you want to call it. That was the Titans in week one against the Cardinals and looking forward uh, to week two against the Seahawks. For them in um, Seattle and, and kind of what Gentry and I will do, we're, we're going to do a concernometer with five different um, topics. We're going to do it with Julio, Luan, Taylor Luan, Todd Downing, and the offense, the Titans defense, and their kicker situation. So um, Gentry, let's go ahead and start with Julio Jones. Um, you know, not a great debut Mike Rabel was critical of the penalty he had um, in the first quarter of the Arizona game. We saw the national headlines that came out of that. Rabel kind of explained like, hey, you know, I, I, you know, I don't say anything publicly that I don't say to players, you know, behind the scenes. So just based on all that, based on what we saw from Julio, um, how would you kind of rank your concern level with him moving forward on a scale of, of one to five? And then I'll kind of give my take as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you mentioned the the penalty in this game. And, you know, I, I, I don't think Julio was sharp in this game. I don't think most of the Titans were sharp in this game. I think this is what happens when you don't practice in the preseason together, uh, especially in Julio's case, a guy who's new on the team. He looked rusty. He looked like he didn't have time in with his quarterback. But in terms of Rabel, you know, Vrabel came in and said, you know, he called the penalty, which, by the way, that was a uh, after the whistle penalty that went took the Titans from third and one to third and 16 at a pretty critical moment in the game, too. That was when things were starting to get away from him early. And Vrabel pretty, you know, was asked about it in a press conference and said that it was dumb expletive that hurts the team. And he's right. It's completely he's completely right. He's 100 percent right. And, uh, you know, I think a lot some of the national media uh, kind of got a hold of that and wondered, uh, started speculating on there being some sort of issue with Vrabel and Julio and, you know, relate. I, I don't, you know, Julio is one of those stars in the NFL to where whatever he does, it's a talking point and it's going to be a discussion for people and it's going to have interest because he's a big name. And, but I, you know, that's ridiculous. I don't, I, again, like you said, I don't think Vrabel says that to the media without first saying it to Julio. Uh, Vrabel's smarter than that. He's pretty thoughtful, really, on what he says to and, us, even though... and he, Yeah, he's a former player, too. I think he would know how right. the blowback would be if he goes and says something to, to the reporters before saying it to, to the players. Well, but go ahead. It, it people, Julio Jones played in college for Nick Saban. All right, I covered Nick Saban for three seasons. I'm here to tell you, 
whatever Nick Saban would have said to him was about five times worse than whatever Mike Brabel would have said to him. I can promise you that right now. That's, so, that's Julio's, not, Julio's not taking it that way. My concern over Julio is at about a one out of five and one being the least concern. I think the guy's a hall of fame receiver. I think he'll, he'll be what the Titans expected him to be. I know there's this, this, this panic that's out there, but I do have some faith that he will be a productive player. Um, I, it wasn't good on debut, but I don't have a lot of concern about Julio Jones because I've seen him be very, very good for a lot of years. I wouldn't, I would so I would probably put it at maybe a two, two and a half, um, in, in terms of the concern level. I'm not very concerned, overtly concerned, you know, kind of like you. Um, but you know, it does just, you know, it, it is just one game, but it does kind of make you wonder what exactly Julio will be at this stage in his career you know, with the Titans. I mean, we're not debating what Julio has been, you know, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, one of the best receivers of all time, arguably the best of his um, generation. But, you know, when when you take into the, the the practice concerns and not having a whole lot of time with, with Tannehill and, and you know, it, and it's not, you know, it's not going to get easier as as the season goes on. You know, these first several weeks of the season, they have some pretty tough opponents. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm not totally putting it aside as like a total non a non concern. Um, so I, I'd probably I won't. So I wouldn't go as far, you know, as you in terms of saying it's a one. I'd probably put, say, more like two, two point five. I think he will ultimately be productive. I don't know if he's still going to be that number one caliber um, receiver that people have in their minds to pair with AJ and he very well could be right. Maybe he still has one, two years left. Um, but so, so, so we'll see. I, I think he'll still be productive. Um, and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a, it's a one on the concern level, maybe a, a two. Um, so, so I, I guess we'll kind of see there. Uh, one, one more thing on Julio. I think people, and, and I wrote this last week before the first game, I, I think people have him wrong in, in some respects that don't know him very well. You hear a lot. Uh, again, a lot of it has to do with just how much of a celebrity the guy is. But Julio is not high maintenance. He's not a diva. He's not the kind of guy who's going to be a problem in the locker room. And he's not the kind of guy that, is selfish in in a way that would hurt the team. I truly believe that. I've known the the guy since he was in high school. I covered him when he was at Alabama. He's here to win. The reason he didn't want to be in Atlanta anymore was because the Atlanta Falcons are terrible. And they won four games last year, and he is in his early 30s and wants to go win a Super Bowl. He wanted to go to a team where he could do that. He's not going to be a problem that prevents the Titans from doing that. If the Titans aren't any good this year, it isn't going to be because of Julio. Julio Jones is, is, is not going to be what causes them to have problems. I, I just wanted to say that because there seems to be this perception out there that isn't, that it does not match what this guy really is. To move on, on our <laughs> concernometer, <laughs> on our concernometer points, um, Taylor Lewan Gentry, and, and I'll go first on this one. I will put the concern level at, you know, I, I actually wrote something down, but now I, I don't, I'm not quite sure. 
I'm just going to go right in the middle. I'll say a three. That was really bad on Sunday and, and you really against Arizona and you really can't overstate that, you know, it doesn't help when you're coming off an ACL injury, your first real game back and you have a guy like Chandler Jones coming at you off the edge, but for him to get beat the way he was getting beat was very concerning. I think he will, you know, play better. Um, you know, I will actually, there's, there's no, you, you can't get any worse, uh, than, you know, he played Sunday. Um, so yeah, I, I'd probably put it at a, a three. I, I'm not going to say it was so concerning just because it was one game and he has been, you know, he's been a pro bowler. He's been an elite left tackle. Um, so you have to kind of keep all that in, in in mind. But what you did see was very concerning, even for, you know, a guy coming back from an ACL injury. I mean, it's been, you know, 11 months. So, um so the play was very, very concerning, but then you also kind of know what he's been in the past, and it's just one game. So I think I'd go right in the middle with that. And yeah, with, 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 yeah, with Taylor, maybe you give him a little bit of a pass because of the knee, and he's still coming back from that. Um, it, I'll agree, though, it was bad. I mean, it, it was uh, it, it was the kind of performance that could linger in the mind of your quarterback who has to trust the protection. And for a lot of his time in Tennessee, hasn't had a reason not to trust the protection. Now all of a sudden he's running for his life in the first game of the year. It's not what you want to see. It, it, what happened up front offensively is, is the reason why Tennessee's offense did nothing in this game. Um, and that has to change. It wasn't just the one, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty obvious that you need more from your left tackle. You can't protect your left tackle. You know, you're paying that guy a lot of money to be able to handle this. And, and Taylor wasn't able to handle it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I thought about his tweet after the game. It kind of, it seemed to try to preempt, I guess, criticism a little bit by saying, you know, I know, I know it was bad and, you know, and, 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 and honestly, in a lot of cases, Taylor in the past had always talked to the media after those kind of things. He was always pretty good about that. And I, I, I do wonder why Roger Saffold was the one that was selected. I don't think people understand that we're not allowed in the locker room these days because of COVID. So the Titans decided Roger Saffold came and spoke to us instead of Taylor the one after the game, which I thought was a little strange and a little surprising, honestly, because I expected Taylor to do it. He usually does in situations like that. Anyway, I'm at about a two with Taylor. I wouldn't say a one. Because I think the injury and getting over the knee is is a real thing. And, and I think what happened with him had to do with going against a very good football player in Chandler Jones. But I think it also showed sincere rust in his movement and ability because of that knee. And that's got to get better now. That can't. The, the Titans cannot go into every game having that be an issue. So this, so this is a two, and it's someone that could get a lot, get a lot higher real quick if it doesn't get better this week. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Um, so next one, Gentry, we'll do for the concerno meter. Todd Downing, you know, new offensive coordinator and the offense. I went first um, with Lawan. I'll let you take this one first, G. 
Um, what's your concern level with Todd Downing and this Titans offense right now? I'm at a four with Todd Downing. Um, I, I, I've written, you know, already this week that this to me is the biggest concern on the team at this moment. Um, I would have called it before the first game, the biggest question on the team, uh, because, you know, we want to talk about Julio Lewan, um, you know, even, even Ryan Tannehill, other guys on the team. I've seen them do it before. I know what Julio's capable of doing because I've seen it. I know what Taylor Lewan's capable of. I've seen him do it. A lot of the guys on defense, I know what they're capable of. Bud Dupree, I know what he's capable of. I, I, I've not seen Todd Downing do it. Uh, he was only the coordinator one year before with the Raiders, and as everybody knows, it went horribly. Um, and so I think it was fair to have him as a pretty big question mark coming into this season, replacing Arthur Smith, and this was not a good debut at all. It was it it was it was a pretty ominous sight to see Tennessee not you know get overwhelmed offensively when that really hadn't been the case very much all of last season. Even in games they fell behind early, they still got it going offensively and tried to get back in the game. I, I I'm not sure I've seen the offense look that bad since Marcus Mariota was its quarterback, and that's not what you want to see. That that. Uh, that to me, it speaks to a lot of players and a lot of rust and a lot of things that could be explained away as excuses, and maybe so. But I still don't know what they're going to get out of Todd Downing, and that's a problem for a team that still isn't going to be very good on defense. They are they do not have the luxury of not being outstanding on offense. They need the offense to carry the defense like it did last year, and right now I have real questions about whether that offense can do that. That's why I'm at a four with that. I think yeah. that can wreck their season, to be honest. For sure. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty concerned too. I you know, I'll I'll kind of be the nice one and give them a tiny bit of the doubt. I'll I'm gonna go three point five <laughs> and not maybe necessarily a full on four. But yeah, what we saw Sunday was atrocious. It was a mess and like you said, you can kind of explain away a, a lot of things, you know, you know, not having all your guys at all times in the summer. In some cases you had some of your stars, you know, at, you know, barely. Um, and, you know, as a coordinator, you, you don't get the chance to really use your weapons in practices. And that's certainly, you know, a problem, but with as much talent as they have, you know, and we've all talked about, you know, this maybe being the most talented, at least at the skill positions, you know, the most talented offense in, in franchise history um, for them to look as bad as they did on Sunday, regardless of how much time you have together. Um, you know, that that's a concern and, you know, it, it needs to be fixed <laughs> right away. I mean, like, like you said, they, they don't have the luxury of, you know, having time to figure it out because this defense is still trying to figure it out. The defense could ultimately be, better and and get good as the season wears on but you know with six new starters a, a lot of issues you're still sorting out on that side of the ball the offense is the one thing you have to count on and um you know and, the, and they couldn't on, on Sunday and that can't be the case moving forward so you know yeah just just an awful debut uh for Todd Downing um so I'm 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 at a 3.5 there with the the concern level on you know on that five 
um, scale. And we'll move forward on the defense. I, I think, you know, it speaks to, on that note, it speaks to how poor the defense was last season that I really didn't think the defense was that bad on Sunday. And it, and it was. The defense wasn't good, but by the standards that we saw last season by the defense, I actually looked at the defense and saw some some reasons to think it was better. And it wasn't, not really. Uh, you know, Arizona had their way with them. You know, Kyler Murray made all kinds of plays. He spread the ball around. All these receivers are catching balls there. You know, it was it was still not a very good defensive performance. But, you know, you, you saw some things that you liked on that side of the ball because at this point, you know, any improvement was a good thing. I'm at a three with the defense because I'm still concerned about it. I was before the season started. I would have been at a three before this game. I'm still at a three now. Uh, they weren't a lot better than last season, but they weren't really a lot worse either. But again, as we said, the problem is if the defense isn't going to get a whole lot better, the offense is going to have to stay where it was. Well, Ben, the offense was number two in the NFL in total offense last year, and I'm pretty sure that group we saw it there against the Cardinals, yeah, they're not going to be number two in the NFL in total offense, so the defense needs to get a lot better real quick, and I'm just not sure they have it in them. Although, uh, shout out to Christian Fulton. I thought he played well. Yeah, Christian Fulton was like, Definitely one of the bright spots. I would for for the defense. Yeah, I'm I'm at a three as well. And and again, like I was just saying earlier when we were discussing the offense, I I do still think this this defense is gonna get better. You know, I mean, Bud Dupree isn't a hundred percent, and I think that showed. Uh, Jayon Brown um, isn't. He he looked rusty. Actually, the inside linebackers coach Jim Hazlitt said. You know, Jayon looked kind of rusty and he's their best cover, you know, you know, inside backer, you know, and, uh, you know, he missed six games last year on IR. So he's I think he still has to kind of get his feet under him. Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry, you know, still kind of need to build up, you know, that chemistry, um, you know, three new three new starters in, in the secondary. I think, you know, yes, it, it was bad, but. You know, I, I do think they they can get better and and kind of like you alluded to. I mean, there there was there were a few flashes here and there. Like there was KB's pick, there was Christian Fulton's, you know, pass breakups. You know, and and actually, there there were some times that the Titans did get good pressure. It's just that Kyler Murray is just so darn shifty that you know he was able to elude the rush and kind of do a little, you know kind of reverse the field behind the line of scrimmage, do like you know, a little juke here and there. And, you know, again, I mean, Kyler Murray isn't all quarterbacks, right? And so, you know, I, I think with, you know, some of the pressure you did see up front, I mean, I think against other quarterbacks in the league, you will be able to get home. Maybe not a guy like Russell Wilson, but I, I do think there were some flashes up front. And yeah, 38 points is never good. You know, having the tight the the Cardinals score four of their three of their four you know passing touchdowns on third down is is awful. But I think there were some flashes there. So you know, I still think this group is going to get better. So I'm just like you. I'd say I'm at a three. So you know, kind of our last point. You know, our last concernometer talking point kicking. Um, where are you at on that, Gentry? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one, that one's just wild. I, I can't, uh, you know, just when it, it, this has been going on to, you know, uh, 
since I've been here, this is my third season covering the Titans, and they've really not figured this out the entire time. Not really. And, you know, you, they, it seemed like they had it with Sam Ficken. You know, they, Sam Ficken comes and talks to us the week of the game. You know, we're all, everyone's writing their Sam. Sam Ficken is finally the kicker story. You know, it's like they finally have it settled. And then what was it like on Friday? There's like, oh, he's got a groin injury. They go sign Michael Badgley. It's like, who? What? And all of a sudden, Sam Ficken's out. Now they're they're on their second kicker in two games already. And their fourth one, if we're going back to the start of the preseason. And we're in week two. And it's it's been this way the whole time. So it's like, yeah, concerned. I, I said this all in 2019. I said it all last year, too. When you play the way the Titans do, you need a good kicker. They, they, they want to, you know, they, they, they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals. At least the, the Titans offense that we expected to see probably didn't see in the first game, but one, the one that we expected to see and how they've been a lot of the last couple of years, they, they will be in field goal range a lot and they will need a good kicker to decide some of these close hard fought games. And when I say the way the Titans play, I mean, they're going to score a lot of points and they're giving up a lot of points. So you need to score as many points as you can. You need to make your field goals. You need to make your extra points. You need to have a reliable kicker that keeps you from going on it for it on fourth and four from the 30 yard line, because you don't think the guy can make it. Titans have been there for three years now. Concern a meter. It's a five. They don't have a kicker. <laughs> I mean, Randy, Randy, whatever, who they signed this. Bullock. Week, Bullock. I mean, he might be great and I hope he is, you know, but <laughs> yeah, for the Titans sake, they hope he's great. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just, it's at this point, you just kind of shake your head. Like even, even Brable. I mean, like, you know, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday and talked to Brable earlier today. And even he was just like, well, we've had 53 different and they have, it, it was, it's been week to week and it's been in unbelievable, the, the level of turnover they've had at that spot, especially with a lot of guys who have gone to other teams and done well. That's, I mean, yeah, you know. it, it almost, yeah, it almost feels like they're, they're a little cursed. Um, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. This is the one slam dunk five. I mean, if, if you, you can, you can't draw up worse luck than the Titans have had. And, and as you said, it's gone back, you know, a few years at this point, you know, uh, McCann, Tucker McCann at one point this year looked like the guy. Then he gets her in the preseason. They bring in Ficken. Ficken is the guy one day before the opener. He goes down. You know, they, they bring up Badgley in the, in the, you know, in the, in the opener. He's just bad. They release him the next day. It's just on and on and on and on. And it, it just doesn't give you any hope that it, it's going to get better, you know, anytime soon. And, and, and yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, Randy Bullock is is fantastic, and and they have someone to ride there at kicker. But right now, um, you know, there, there's just literally no reason for optimism. So that's a slam dunk five in terms of uh, you know the concernometer. Quick, uh, so quickly, Gentry, we'll, we'll kind of give our score predictions. I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and go first. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I'm going to have the Seahawks winning this. You know, I think they're going to have the Seahawks 31, Titans, uh, I'll give them Titans 28. I think the, uh, the the Titans offense will, you know, find a little something in, in Seattle. You know, I think they'll be able to establish Derrick Henry more. 
Um, you know, obviously that that's going to start have to start with the O line play. But I think Derrick Henry is the is the one thing, you know, on on offense you're not super concerned about at, at this time. And, and I think they're going to ride him a, a little bit. So you know, I, I think they're going to be able to put some points up on the board. But I just don't think this defense is going to be able to fix their issues against mobile quarterbacks in seven days time. So, you know, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Seahawks, you know, with that home field advantage at Lumen field in Seattle, it's, I think it's, it's their game to lose. How about you? It's, it's, it's just so hard to pick the Titans in this game. And, and you kind of, this does seem like the kind of game that's a Titan special that everyone's so convinced they're going to lose. And, and this is a team that for whatever reason, just absolutely loves the us against the world setup. They just do. They've, they've always done well with this. Uh, it's like when you expect them to do well, it doesn't always go well, but when everyone's picking against them, they, you will get their best. And I I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen in this game, because I do think that's possible. I think the Titans really, can rally around what happened last week and really play well and make things more difficult for Seattle than people are probably thinking possible after how poorly the Titans played. But it's just so hard to pick that until you see it because what was so alarming about game against Arizona was this did not look like the Titans of the last couple of years. Derrick Henry even said that after the game, so that wasn't us out there. He's right. Uh, they did not play to the identity this is a team that, you know, a bare knuckles kind of team. They they want to they want to rough you up. They want to be very physical, run the ball. That's why I thought Julio was such a good fit. You know, this is a he, he uh, because I think he could be a very effective run blocker. Nothing they did was effective against Arizona. Nothing, and that was very untitans ish from what they've been under Mike Vrabel. That's alarming to me. They need to show that they still ha- have the ability to play to that identity. Uh, even in a tough environment against a very good team, which is what they're going to be faced with. I have a hard time picking the Titans in this game. Uh, I don't think it's impossible, but I I just think it's going to be important for them to play a lot better. They may not win. It's going to be a tough, really tough ask to go to Seattle and and take out this team on the road. Uh, But the Titans really need to play better and get some confidence because if they, if they aren't any better and they aren't ready to, to play harder, tougher, whatever you want to say, like the Seahawks on the road, they could get embarrassed. And if that happens now, I think we need to start worrying about the rest of the season. Don't think it'll get there. I think the Titans will play well, but I still like the Seahawks to win a close one. I agree with you, Gentry. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what the, what happens in this one in, in week two in Seattle. So that will do it for from us for this edition of Talking Titans. As always, we hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com. If you haven't already, and please remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is that you get your podcast and drop us a review and a rating while you're at it from Ben Arthur and Gentry Estes. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.